everybody. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and when I'm not outside riding or running or doing something outdoorsy, I'm probably inside writing about it. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach, and you are here on the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we talk to all different types of athletes and people that do different sports and movements, and and sometimes even the people that study them and coach them and, and are just generally involved in lots of different movements. So thank you for joining us here. Hopefully you've had lots of different movements in your last couple weeks since we last hopefully had you listening. Yeah, and hopefully you've down, or subscribed to our habits email, our seven-day healthy habit kickstart that we put out a few weeks ago. It's, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's just sort of our little five minutes a day towards generally healthier habits that kind of go around your training to sort of make you a, a stronger athlete overall. Uh, but yeah, what's, what's new, Peter? Well, there's not a ton, you know, just going through the motions and putting in, putting in that base, I guess. I think that's like the hardest thing to do now that uh, the the shine has worn off the new decade a little bit. Where are we already there? I think we're already there. I think we're there, like starting January sixth or something. But yeah, I don't know. It's even just winter, right? I think it's you know you get into the the January February and you know even whatever type of winter you have. I think you know in us maybe it's maybe you're into winter stuff. I guess it's a different perspective in that sense. But it starts getting long, right? In Canada, certainly it's. You've been dealing with poor weather and slush and cleaning the car off for long enough that it's starting to get a little annoying. Well, and I think like the holiday season sort of masks that whole it's dark for 14 hours of the day because you're sort of, you know, inside hitting up the holiday parties, watching, you know, watching the holiday movies, etc. Because there's Christmas lights. and Yeah, stuff it just kind of feels a little bit brighter. But this is definitely the time of year where I struggle because, yeah, it's, you know, not getting light out till... 738ish and it's dark by 6 so it's you know a little rough. Mhm. For sure. Yeah, how about you? What did you what did you do in this last week? Uh well, I've been actually riding my bike a whole lot, which has been pretty sweet. I have learned about the magic of disc brakes and DI2 electronic shifting and I don't think I ever want to go back. All the gadgets. Yes. Yeah, I was very hesitant, but I have this uh, this sweet Factor Vista kind of all all around bike, so it's sort of gravel road, etc. That I've been testing out, and it's been really fun. I'm not gonna lie. Couple of gnarlier gravel descents that you sent me down, but yeah, they were good. Gotta work on the skills for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been going up and down a lot of things, both running and riding, and it's it's starting to feel pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Well. Uh, why don't we get into it? I think we can talk about it, a lot of different things and, and so forth as we go today. But, um, you know, I've done a, a post here just recently and we reposted, uh, what was that? Just this. around the new year, we did the Steven Seiler uh, polarization and uh, what else did we talk about? The athletes hierarchy, hierarchy of needs. Of um, so just that episode that's always been sort of popular and we wanted to sort of remaster it a bit and, and re-release that for the holidays. Uh, so we did that and everyone seemed to like that. And there's just been a lot in the news around polarization and periodization, which sound like the same thing and both start with P. Uh, and there's just, I think it's interesting to people because it's training and it's, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, which camp are you in, um, you know, and how to do this and doesn't matter. But there's also a lot of misunderstanding. So we thought today we'd maybe go through some of the common questions and how it applies to the everyday person, to the consummate athlete, perhaps. So yeah, so thank you to everyone who 
uh, has sort of interacted in whether it's on social medias or in posts or email or uh, asked a question for this episode. All right. So let's start at the most basic definition here. What is periodization? Okay. And I'll link to some studies and some links and stuff as we get go through this. So in this one particular study, I thought this was sort of the most simple way to define it. Uh, periodization is that the essence of periodi- a periodized training program design is to skillfully combine different training methods to yield better results than can be achieved through exclusive or disproportionate use of a single method. Okay, what does that mean? So I think it's saying, you know, you don't go out and just do the same thing every single day. You might, but we assume that, you know, you're elite athlete, certainly, um, and even amateur athletes are going to have long rides and off days and hard rides and strength training. And, you know, if you were a triathlete, you'd have run and swim and bike. Um, so what it's saying is that you wouldn't just do the same thing every single day for the entire year. Right. Especially if, you know, this is sort of with a goal in mind. So sure. Yeah. I guess the, the first question after that then is who is periodization for? Yeah, so I did a post, which we'll, we can link to that, and that's, I think, where we got that in our Steven Seiler episode. We sort of combined, you know, got a lot of feedback, and people seem to be liking that and interacting with those. So in that post, I say three, I had three ideas that sort of just came to mind in the discussions and the Twitter things and that have been going on recently around polarized training and periodization. Um, and, and the thing is, you, you just may be exercising, and you might just like going to the gym or going on Zwift or riding in the group ride, and that's fine. In that case, I don't think you really need to care about either of these things, right? Like a lot of the studies, uh, the Steven Seiler stuff, like it's applicable to your time-crunched athlete, your, your athletes who are age groupers, but if you're not necessarily that concerned about an ultimate goal or you know, anything like that. I don't think this is necessarily relevant or, or something you need to stress about. No, although with periodization, I mean, at some point you do need rest if you are training consistently. Sure. So even even if you aren't really necessarily training towards a goal, it doesn't mean you should never have a rest week and you should always just stick to that like hour a day in the gym. Yeah, and I think that gets to the point that the idea of planning and, and setting goals like are great. You know, some of these you know, fundamental aspects of, of training, right? This idea of like consistency is sort of the one that we always come back to. Um, you know, so thinking long term, even if you're just quote unquote, just exercising, we do want to think about planning things so that in the long term, we're able to keep going to the gym and keep going to the group ride and cycling when we're 70, right? If we, again, do the same thing repeatedly over time, we're just beating ourselves up every single day from January 1st to January 13th. It's predictable what January 14th might look like, right? Yeah, or on the flip side, you're just always doing the same really, really easy stuff and, and you're not never adap- challenging You're, you're not yourself. adapting, yeah. right? And and yeah, I mean, I think there's something to that just going through the motions or just, you know, showing up and, and keeping, you know, fit, you know, maintaining. I, I don't think that's necessarily bad, but you do need to keep challenging your body, right? And, and to keep progressing. But the question is, what are you progressing to, mm-hmm. right? Which is where a lot of this stuff comes in. So that's that's periodization. So in terms of periodization, though, 
how how does it get broken up? Are we talking weekly? Are we talking monthly? Are we talking yearly? Ten sure. years? It could be. I mean, ten would be going a ways, but you could certainly, you know, on, on the high level, be looking at the lifespan of an athlete, and we, we could talk about the hours progression. You know, in, in general, we have all this data now on athletes that go from like, you know, they learn how to ski, bike, whatever programs. You know, really general, doing lots of multi sport. You know, and then they progress all the way up to like a 20, what would you be, 28-year-old world champion, right? I mean, that'd be nice, yes. Well, that's that's the theory, right? So we have all these ideas of like how many hours in general, you know, it'd be a range and then it gradually increases over years. So then once you have this idea of like, okay, we're in year one, you know, this is an 18-year-old or 16-year-old, these are the number of hours we have to do. Well, what do you do? Do you do if it's uh, 365 hours in the year is how many hours we need to do? Do you do an hour every day? right? Maybe not, right? So we know, okay, there's going to be long days, there's going to be short days, there's going to be times in the year that there's lots of competition and we want to be going really well. So we're timing, we want that to be really good, we want to be really sharp, we want to peak for a race. Um, so there's things that in general what you're going to see is you're going to have a period of general preparation or what we might call base where the volume tends to be, there tends to be more fatigue, more training being done because we're not so concerned about the performance. And so that's like the higher hour weeks, you're going to say. Generally, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's different, again, there's different types. There's different ways to plan your training and arrange your training, different types of periodization. But in general, what you'll see is when people don't need to be performing, they're going to do higher amounts of training to try and raise their level. Um, And that could be higher intensity. It could be higher volume. Um, but again, there'd be higher fatigue. And then usually as you get closer to an event, the training would become more specific. Um, so less general. So this would be our specific preparation period building into like a preparation or a competition period. And then, yeah, you're going to try and reduce fatigue so that the performance becomes better. And that's the taper. Uh, the, the taper could be part of that competition phase for sure. Yep. Yep. You could taper down and there's different concepts around tapering and whether tapering matters for sure okay so if someone is just thinking ah i should start periodizing my my training sure it's a really like broad strokes kind of thing but someone is hearing all about this periodization and they're like hmm that's a thing i should think about how do you even start thinking about what to do with your training for that i mean i actually had a younger lad um, this this week and I was sort of pondering this question you know what book would you read and I think any of the Joe Friel stuff is like pretty classic um, there's lots of great resources on like there's the book I think periodization is Tudor Bomba I think um, I'll put some resources in here about some of the more current studies uh, the one in particular like just sitting down and reading and I know it's a, it's a longer study but understanding periodization in terms of training and recovery and nutrition it's it's a fantastic read actually um but where would someone start? I think what I would start with is a, a calendar, a paper calendar. This is how I did it, you know, many years ago when I was learning and in school and stuff and put the little events, you know, the July nationals or whatever your big event is, you know, or the date you want to be at this fitness, you want to do this, you know, big run. Yeah. So even if you don't necessarily have a goal race, maybe no. give yourself a, a yeah, fake. And, and not, not a five pound goal. Right. But I think, you go out and you say, you know, in the gym, I want to be able to lift this much or run this far. And and I think some of the common like resolutions and, and things like five pounds, which aren't, they're not a fun thing to chase, right? Like it's 
you know, some of this other stuff is you might get there by pursuing these other goals, but you take this paper calendar, or it could be a sheet of grid paper. It could be an online annual training plan calculator, and you can just build that back, right? So plan, this is the month I'm going to be really, really practicing my mountain biking and trying to be like really sharp and doing some specific intervals and specific preparations and pre-riding. And then back that out the number of months, you know, to your base season, your general preparation. Mm-hmm. So we got asked a very specific question about this that I think is pretty relevant to, I think, a, a fair number of our listeners, actually. Uh, I mean, we're in January for most people in North America, cyclocross season is over. Um, but a lot of people are looking towards next December or in the case of Canadians next November for nationals and that's their goal race. So if you were, let's, let's just say if you were coaching a a cyclocrosser who doesn't really have any other major goals other than December, 2021 or 2020, sorry, how would you how would you kind of start thinking about periodizing a full year? Yeah, so you're basically finishing like they're just through their cyclocross. They would have finished about a month ago, so probably a month of off season at this point. Yeah, and we might call that a transition period, right? Um, you know, historically it was like, oh, you just eat a lot of bad food and, you know, all that discipline, you just sort of let it go. And I think you're seeing less and less of that where now people are, you know, we, we're going to train less, you know, you're going to get through the holidays can have some fun but we're trying to mitigate a lot of the loss of you'll lose fitness but you're mitigating you're not getting so out of shape and i think part of that is because i mean we were kind of approaching that and like the race weight and gaining back 10 pounds or whatever was kind of based on elite athletes who were getting down to that like five percent body fat like really really you know on that limit Um, and of course they're gonna gain weight back in the off season but for most of us um, none of us really need the, or very few of us need the license to gain 10 pounds. Yeah, especially, the especially as we get older, right? It just gets harder and harder to yeah. cycle that. Um, but yeah, and I think it, it, it's even less in the elite stuff now for better or worse, I think where there, there's not that same coming to training camp really out of shape. Like that is just not really tolerated. Like I think you want, if you are cycling, you want to get back to healthy weight, but I don't think that's necessarily the topic for today. Uh, no, that's just kind of an aside as far as like the periodization of body composition is I don't think as as big of a deal as it used to be. Like even if you think about some of the books that came out 10 years ago, 15 years ago that were, you know, racing weight, all of these kind of ideas. I don't think you're really seeing that as much anymore. It's much more about kind of this consistent, healthy thing. In terms I think of- for most people, that's a good strategy, right? And, and it just means, again, periodizing your nutrition in such a way that, you know, we pull out some of the supplements and we don't need to be doing as much refueling, obviously, because you're just not training as much. And I think for a lot of us, especially in endurance exercise or endurance sport, it's a good exercise to reduce the amount of exercise and just make sure, you know, mentally, socially, uh, psychologically, you know, we're all, you know, running pretty well and we can sort of do without as much exercise, I think is, is a good thing. Right. And that's, again, this idea of this transition phase or this off phase of the year is that we are letting the body heal, getting over injuries, letting the sicknesses come out of us, um, you know, so that we have, again, a nice base of support to then start back into our general preparation phase. Right. So the transition can be thought of as like, a preparation period when we're starting to get ready. And, and again, that could be a mix of sports. It could be a bit of your main sport if, if you enjoy it, if you're motivated by that, mm-hmm. um, but just never to excess. Um, okay. So for your cyclocross athlete, 
if the weather's great, still working on mounts and dismounts. I, I always find it with cyclocross athletes, there'll be no practice of dismounts and mounts, you know, right through till like September or like maybe late August, they start doing some clinics or something. But yeah, you can still be, you know, snowy weather. If you have that out practicing for this, um, you know, fat biking is basically mounting and dismounting as far as I understand for a lot of it anyhow. Uh, so if that's a, it's a tool, right. And, you know, starting into strength training, where would you be on volume at this time of year? Would you be for, for the cyclocross athlete? I mean, they'd be starting into most, most are going to do some sort of gravel or Fondo or something. So I mean, most people are are working and stuff, right? So you're you're not pushing the hours, but you start as you get into that general preparation or base period, then you're going to start increasing hours. And the interesting thing that you know we're going to get into polarization here in a second and, and contrast that. But a lot of times when we're getting into base, the the traditional Joe Friel model of periodization, the linear what they call, may call linear periodization, where we're building the hours over that base period the contention is always that uh, the people who only have eight hours to train the time crunched athletes, you can't keep, Oh, it's, you know, I'm at the most amount of hours. How do I increase my training load if I just keep riding easy? Yeah. And I mean, most people working normal jobs really can't periodize to any great extent, right? Cause you wouldn't want to drop down to like four hours or two hours and then raise it to eight. Well, like you're kind but, of just, so stuck. not, it's not that they can't periodize. It's that at some point you would be at eight hours and you, you just couldn't go to nine hours right. if you don't have the nine hours. Right. But we could, this is a Steven Siler thing that he's talked about that I really like is we all have eight hours, but we can choose how we distribute that eight hours a little bit during the week. Right. And so you might be able to, his thing is always, you know, maybe you ride four days a week and it's always an hour, but could you like, negotiate with your family and maybe maybe even only ride three days a week but like on the weekend you can go for like a two or a three hour ride which then that could be a redistribution or you know a, a re-periodization you might say re you're just planning differently right you're organizing the training differently and is that three hour ride on the weekend a different stimulus to your body even for a month, right? It might not be something you can do forever, but that's, again, an idea of sort of planning and this idea of base period. So we can think about those individual sessions and even weeks, right? Where maybe we can get a little bit more training in. Um, all that to say, I would say it's worth a lot of us time-crunched people to go and do a period of just volume, mostly volume-based training early in the training phase if we have a lot of time like this athlete you're describing, because I, I do find that often we can start into training with like a minimal dose. It doesn't feel really hard. We're not beating ourselves up. If you think about cyclocross season, it's two and three times a week. People are just drilling it. So I think you want to think about changing the stimulus, right? Giving a slightly different thing. And a lot of times you can go through four weeks of something like that and actually see good improvement. And it, it doesn't feel hard. It's sort of boring, but you know, why work harder than you need to if you can see improvement, right? Okay, so right now you'd be in pretty like low intensity, highest volume that you can do sort of thing. I well, mean, assuming the volume is not too high, right? Some people have a lot of time. But okay, yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think this person does. Yeah, I think just try a month, you know, a, a month of that, just gradually increasing some volume and mixing in a couple different sports and some strength training and stuff. That would be like your typical early, you know, base. Okay. So when do you start shifting out of that? 
Uh, so in typical, like, again, like linear periodization or traditional, you would start then sort of easing into some tempo or, you know, adding in some, or even early, a lot of times you'll start having things and with runners, you'll do strides. So like short pickups, um, you know, where you're sort of running quickly for like 10 to 30 seconds type thing. Um, you could do things like short hill reps, um, on the bike, you might just do short sprints. Some coaches will do like seated stomp sprints or something like where you're working on the force. Um, but then a lot of volume still, right? Until you can't push volume. But certainly as you get into the middle of that like general preparation period, you start doing more uh, what they might call muscular endurance. So into that middle ground of training of your tempos and sweet spots and maybe not so much to threshold, but sort of just those moderate stuff, you know, adding in a bit more hills as you started getting your body conditioned, you're starting to then add more hills or more, you know, moderate training. And that would be in sort of a, a typical periodization structure. And I think that's actually probably where a lot of athletes sort of skip that step because they've already, they're, they're used to going really hard. Like if you've already raced across for a couple of years, you sort of know how to go into threshold. So you kind of skip that, like, gentler like climb into that stuff because you're you just know how to do it yeah and we were talking about the other day like i think you know someone we keep talking about the joe frill books but i mean they're just classic right and there's a lot of people have done really well racing off that and i was saying to you that so many people would just be so well served to just go and follow that book and this is not an ad yeah i guess and yeah, like it's just, it's pretty simple, right? And I think that's the the ultimate conclusion of a lot of this stuff. Steven Seiler did a great study. I also will link to, uh, I think in 2014, where they did three different interval types. And basically for three months, you would do, you know, endurance training. And then you'd do either, there was three groups and there was a four by four, a four by eight and a four by 16. And so you'd either do four by four for month one and then four by eight for month two and then four by 16. So that was month three and it was super simple, right? Like that's, I think makes sense. Does that make sense to you? So twice a week you would do four by fours and that was the whole sure. month, take a recovery week and then you'd go to the next month and then you do four by eights and then the next month you do four by 16. Now there was a second group. They did the opposite. So they started with the longer ones, which is more like we're talking about, like maybe tempo-y, sweet spotty. Um, they're pretty hard still, like it's long. Those are hard intervals. But they started at 416, 4 by 16, then they did a 4 by 8, then they did a 4 by 4. But then there was a third group that just sort of mixed it all together and did three months where you just sort of like alternated through those, right? Which is, okay. And they actually all ended up about the same at the end. So it's interesting and it's pretty straightforward. There's nothing magical. And he said there's nothing magical about those durations. They just sort of pick them. Um, they're sort of nice 4 by, you know, t- multiply by 2 or whatever. But um, all that to say... Uh, we're just trying to pick something and follow a plan, right? And that's really what this periodization, like we, we all get so like caught up in like looking at other stuff, especially these days, you can see what other people are doing, how much volume they're doing. Oh, he was doing intervals. I was I, like on the climb and they went by me and, you know, I was on Zwift and they went by me. Uh, so the thing is like with all this periodization and eventually here we'll talk about polarization is it's just really picking something and doing it. And like, if you follow the plan, one of my favorite quotes is from Dan John is everything works for six weeks. So if you just pick something and do it in theory, you should be better at something at the end of that. Right. Yeah. It's really just when people kind of are hopping between all of the different plans and ways of training and whatever, and just kind of doing what their, their friend is doing that day. 
etc i we actually have uh, a thing we've been working on where we we talk a bunch about that the amount of times at training camps you hear someone you know you hear like the two riders talking and rider number one is like oh what are you doing today rider two is like oh i have a three-hour ride with a two by 20 minute and rider one looks at him and then despite the fact that rider one knows that his schedule says three hours easy is like oh yeah i've got uh three hours with uh with four 20 minutes right and and suddenly yeah the one up or whatever yeah, yeah. the one upsmanship um, and then rider one is injured by the end of the camp. Right. Okay. Uh, so we've gone, have we finished this cyclocross progression then? No, cause we're not into race season yet. Right. Okay. So the, we have just a lot of time. So, I mean, I would just sort of go through, and this is where the idea of periodization is you might just use even blocks of, of focus, right? So that same cyclocross athlete might be like, you know, I'm looking at, you know, a spring classic. It's, they're sort of like a cyclocross race. Some of these, right. They're on a cyclocross type bike, maybe a gravel bike. Um, it's intense, you know, dirt, mixed terrain, it's fun. And that gives sort of a midterm goal. They might not care. It might be, you know, pretty low key, but they definitely could build towards that. So they might do a little, you know, intensity block to get rid, rid, or ready for that. And then again, we can take like a bit of a break. Maybe they're a teacher and maybe conveniently like June's busy. So June might be another just sort of relax and chill, um, not too stressful, go through the motions. And then now they have this really nice they're fit but they're not burnt out we haven't been just like hitting threshold you know race intervals or huge volumes through the winter when it's sort of miserable to do it anyhow but they're fit they've been practicing some skills you know things are progressing but just gradually we're not we're, we're sort of our our capacity to adapt to things our energy our motivation are all quite high but we're fit and healthy Right, which is a very unique place to end up in June when then July and August, when the weather's pretty nice, which I am always jealous of cyclocross and fall based sports. Um, you are not. You hate being cold. Well, I'm jealous of their preparation period, <laughs> which I only really like training anyhow. So, but they have this July, you know, June, July, May, June, July, um, where they can just do, you can go and do, like, if you want to do again another big base period to get really, really fit you know, and use volume, but then July, you know, maybe this is a teacher, they're off school, July, August, they get super, super fit. And August, they taper down, start doing a bit of intensity, some early races in September. And then we're getting into that specific, right? So the certainly into August, September, a lot of cyclocross bike riding, cross practices start, um, you know, we're working on whatever you believe in the threshold, the 30 thirties, the, you know, actually riding a cyclocross course, um, running intervals, that sort of thing. So the, the important pit in, in all of that is that we started general. We're saying skiing, we're saying running some strength training, you know, endurance. I talked about doing an easy block that, you know, does not look like cyclocross aside from the fact that maybe we're riding a bike. It's not, you know, undulating in intensity. It's pretty steady. So it's general. And then as we get to the summer, July, August, September, the specificity, the how much it looks like the sport gets right and that's when you talk about periodization there's lots of different types there's we talked about block we talked about the linear or traditional where it's sort of progressing uh generally what you'll see is a, a general period and then a specific period and you're going to have like those sort of alternating in some some way and it's all just planning training all just how are you going to organize all the little chunks that you think will help the performance mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think the only thing i would add to that for cyclocross specifically is 
kind of what you said in the beginning is most people end up not doing mounts, dismounts, etc. until suddenly it's August and we're back to clinic time. Um, but yeah, like the um, what I would do at this point in the year is sit down and really think about what what were your limiters on the course? Was it corners? Was it barriers? Was it mounts and dismounts, etc.? Yeah. Uh, was it clipping in and clipping out? Uh, think about all those little things, and those are really good ones to tackle during the easier time of year, mm-hmm. um, because it's a lot harder to cram in corner practice when you're doing 30-30s or you're tired from intensity and stuff, whereas when you're just kind of doing this very low-key base training, it's a great time to work on your cornering and work on your clipping in and clipping out without the the stress of, oh, crap, it's going to mess up my workout. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The skill practice is important, right? And I think in this, so we'll talk about polarization now, but I think that that idea of like the skill, especially for cycling, but I think also for running, the skill-based practice uh, concept is important to remember because it gets lost a lot of the time when we're just talking about intensity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so polarization is really, if I try and... Okay, hang on. Let me, let me ask this question okay. just to make sure that our listeners know that we are now shifting to the other P word. What is polarization? Okay, so polarization then is the idea that then when we're organizing our training or distributing our training, um, and this is Steven Seiler uh, and others have really pioneered this in their study, so I'll link to sort of the couple original ones uh this is like 2004 ish was sort of like the first one 2004 and 2010 and so the idea was that a lot of the top elites in different endurance sports we had like skiing and rowing and cycling they would when you look at their training logs a lot of their training was done very easy so like under the aerobic threshold or ventilatory threshold uh the first ventilatory threshold so just that easy all day pace so easier and then a smaller chunk, so it might maybe twenty percent, maybe ten percent, was done above the anaerobic threshold or the second ventilatory threshold. So very hard, right? So not something you would do for a very long time. So like super conversational versus can barely get words out. Great way to talk about it. So you're passing the talk test, and you're absolutely not like you're just you're gasping or like short sentences, short, like couple sentence, right? Versus the middle ground between those two thresholds, which we might call like the threshold, you know, zone, the the tempo zone, the, um, the, I can say one sentence, but it's not going to be that easy. And I'm going to be going. <gasps> and it seems like in the <laughs> Matt Pyro from Canadian Cycle Magazine loves that. It's like the polarizing debate about polarization. And he's like working on it and has already said that it's his, his, and I, we can't use it. Um, like title for an article or something but polarizing polarization or something so why don't people like that well so you get into we talked about in the base period and people can't increase their hours without you know they're just there they only have so much time it's also very boring to ride easy says you i love riding easy i think it's great right so and then you have to go hard potentially at some point, right? So eh, it's less great. Yeah. So it's, it, it gets back to that. Again, the article I wrote where I was like, it doesn't matter for a lot of people because you know, you just, if you don't have a goal and you just want to exercise and have fun, you don't have to do anything. Uh, so that's, I think important to remember. And I think for some people, as we're just starting all of this intensity and planning of training doesn't really matter. You just need to get out and do it and you're going to get better, right? Like it, it doesn't matter as long as there's some practice being done. 
Um, where it does start mattering, I think, is when you are trying to progress. And so if you're doing anything and you're progressing, then you're good. But if you're finding like, oh, no, I'm getting tired, I'm getting injured, I'm getting sick, then it's worth looking at either the polarization or the periodization, I think. So the idea then of polarization is that you avoid that middle ground, that threshold. So the 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 contrasting um, methodology and how we would arrange our training would be maybe like the sweet spot or threshold um, model where we do a lot of our training in that middle ground. So towards the, the anaerobic threshold. Okay. So who's right? I don't think anyone's right. And I think if you read anything, basically like most people are like, when you periodize your training, we're going to have periods of the year that are, you know, more base oriented, more general, and then some that get more specific, right? And depending on the type of athlete you are, that might mean doing more threshold type efforts as your race approaches, or it might mean doing more in the base period. And I think the time crunched athletes are generally going to do more of that middle ground training uh, in their their general preparation, in their base, to try and get as fit as they can to get, you know, again, that comes with fatigue. They're going to build fatigue that way. Once they've run out of hours to do, they have to start adding, again, the tempo. And this is not revolutionary. It fits within a lot of frameworks. Doing tempo and then some sweet spot and then some threshold. And then as the race approaches, you used to start doing, you know, your VO2 and your sprints and your anaerobic. Um, so all that to say, I think you can do both. And I think when you start reading through things, you know, the, the sweet spot people do sweet spot and then they recover down and then they start doing anaerobic or whatever. Right. Or if you're doing an Ironman, maybe they start doing more endurance because that's could be more specific. Right. Um, so that's what you usually see is that people just use both. And I, I think to me, the big takeaway is always that, like, we need to still be careful that we're not doing like every day as sweet spot or every day as high intensity. Um, again, there needs to be just that variety in the week, right? Mm-hmm. So why are people getting polarization and periodization kind of confused? And I don't I, know that that's a thing. I think it is. Oh, I'm okay. going to posit it's because polarization is sort of like the in-workout version of periodization. Like... So periodization is having... Well, it's an know. element of periodization, right? Because periodization was the training... We're, what do we do? We're skillfully combining different training methods to yield better results than can be achieved through exclusive or disproportionate use of single methods. So if yeah. we only ride sweet spot, then that would maybe be a violation. Well, in a polarized workout would be going like high-low or low-high or whatever. Sure. It would be doing some days would be your long and easy and some days would be quite intense. Yes. Yeah. So, but like also even within a workout though, the way I understood it was like polarization, a polar polarized workout, so to speak would be a lot of easy with some spikes for that high intensity. Like you're not going anaerobic the entire time because you literally can't do that. Well, I mean, that gets, sometimes people get really caught up in the, like, how do you, and this is even in the studies, like, it's not clear how you, so I said 80, 20. So do you count the minutes that your heart rate is above, or is it by power, or is it pace if you're running, or, um, they've sort of gone to the point where it's like, is, and the method I like is the, what was the session? So you say, is this session an anaerobic session, like, or, a you know, what they would call zone three or like a, a high intensity session, or is it a low intensity session? 
Um, and so you just look at the week over or over that, right? And for elite athletes where there's many sessions, then it might be like your standard two to three are hard, right? And then, so I'm trying to do the math on this quickly in my head, but if we have 80, 20 and we did two, what does that look like? Eight. So eight sessions that are easy, two sessions that are hard would be an easy 80, 20, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I guess like this is where I get sort of perplexed with polarization and periodization like i realize that they are not the same thing but this is how well polarization would be like it's it's you're looking at your training so you could look at your periodization and say is this a polarized um training program or i guess you could say is this a polarized periodization but that would be very odd i've never really seen it said that way (laughs) um but you could look at someone's training and and certainly and steven silas made this point too it's not necessarily like meant to be like the day or the week this was like a yearly sort of thing right or or you're looking at your general preparation period so this is january to march Right. We talked about the the study I mentioned that was three months with those intervals. That could be a periodized, that could be your periodized, your polarized general preparation period could be that Steven Seiler study that I mentioned. Right. Because we saw that it doesn't really matter as long as like there's some undulation in that, that training. Right. Um, does that make sense? So there's, sure. so, so you, and, and so that's the thing is the example, um, I think this is a Tim Cusack blog. I'll have to find this one too. Um, but he, he's actually more the, you know, training peaks WKO. Uh, he's a big part of that. And, uh, he had done a blog where he thinks it's both, but like he's, you would almost want to group him into the sweet spot, like threshold because he's in the FTP, like training peaks world. Right. Um, and very on the power side of things, but he made the point that like, he actually uses the sweet spot stuff a lot, you know, because everyone's time crunched. And that's sort of the base, the general preparation. And then as the race starts approaching, he actually then would say he does a lot of easy training with like a few sessions in the week that are, are high intensity. Right. And so he looks at his training year like that, where there's the specific period for a lot of his athletes then would be polarized because it's a couple sessions in the week that are very race focused, very high intensity. We're trying to work on that typical anaerobic sort of, uh, set up and then the other sessions are just easy recovery sessions right, right? skill-based sessions again where we don't want to lose sight of like we could still be doing things like cadence work or you know cornering practice or you know different technique things that might not be intense okay so all of this sounds very complicated when kind of thrown out like this um, but let, let's also point out most training plans kind of do naturally build this stuff in. The only time people really seem to get into trouble is when they're not actually following one specific training plan to kind of come back to what we were saying earlier in the episode. So I will, I will plug Peter here and say, uh, you know, between three month training plans, actual monthly, weekly, daily coaching, or even just doing Peter does uh, consult phone calls. So if you want to just talk through how this actually could look for you, uh, definitely hit him up over at smartathlete.ca. That one definitely is an ad. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, I think it's, it's really, you know, that's where the question here for everyone is, you know, are you doing, are you happy with how you're rolling? Um, And then if you are finding you're plateauing, you haven't been able to make that jump up in the category, or if, you know, you're feeling fatigued, you're not completing sessions, then I think for me, it always comes back to that. Like, could we just, you know, maybe you're just pushing too hard too often. Right. And this is, we, uh, I always beat my head against the wall with the whole polarized and periodized thing a little bit because 
for most people, it just doesn't matter. It's not the heart of the issue. And, and I think you're exactly right that it's, you know, we're, we're going too hard too often. We're just pushing that limit too hard, but there isn't a, a, a plan behind it. Right. And that's why we're going too hard too often. There isn't an assurance that like this week we're doing four by four and we're going not too hard. We just pushed the limit a bit. And then next week, the four by four, we're going to see a little bit of improvement. Um, but we're not maxing out. Right. And I think that's the important part um, in a lot of this polarized stuff is it's also not like a hundred percent. It's, it's 90%, right. And we're building the capacity to sit at that 90%, right. And it's not every day because we can't do 90% every day. We can do 80% every day, right. We can sit between those two thresholds we talked about that, but the, the nice thing with the polarized, um, is that like you get those chances during the week to actually experience that quality workout and then see it progress week to week to week to month to month to year to year. Right. And that's, that's, I think the the heart of all of this. And I think it's done very well with sweet spot. We've had Frank Overton on, um, you know, and, and I think that's the important bit is that we just need to make sure that we're not trying to do too much. Right. And that we are seeing progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing we wanted to talk about is periodization of recovery. Yes. And then one study I mentioned, I thought that that was a really cool thing that they're, they're bringing periodization, this planning, this undulating, we talked about nutrition, you know, so maybe a little bit more whole foods, like more veggies, you know, maybe not as much carbohydrate in the off season. Um, you know, we don't need the big pasta refeed cause we haven't done a huge trail run. Right. Um, but the recovery is another nice one. Because we might, um, you know, it's not that recovery tools, like something like icing, right? So we ice could be good. It can help us maybe recover faster. But it may be that in some parts of the season, we actually don't want to blunt the recovery from that, right? That's right. what you meant by that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in some points of the season, actually trying to speed up your recovery with stuff like ice baths, like that's actually not what you want to do because that's not the point of the phase of training like you actually want to take that time to have those adaptations happen yeah yeah and that's that's the really neat thing right is like we we think so much when we talk about periodization it's always so oriented towards like just like how hard are you going or how many miles are you doing but there's all these other aspects that we can start incorporating from sports psychology to as you say to recovery techniques so it might be the one that we that we I think pop, try and popularize is like we're walking a lot during the day. So we did you and I did a, a big ninety minute run. It was like a ten miler, which is big for me. Um, well, it had a lot of elevation, and it we hiked. We hiked a bit. So we were out for a few hours, and it was a good good adventure. And then came back and sort of recovered. You had a, a good nap, and uh, I don't know why I laughed at that, but. Yeah, I'll get, I'll were, get in trouble later for that one. But yeah, you were on the couch the day before. Uh, Don't even. Try. I was in trouble the day before, but that was that was hard. But anyhow, um, we were walking, right? We were, we did a big. We then walked for another hour or so, um, and so the steps, the daily steps, if you want to measure it that way, the the daily mets. Um, that's a whole other topic, but like the metabolic equivalents, we're just burning a lot of energy in the day. Um, and I think for a lot of people, I have a few clients that just walk their dogs and stuff and they're out and they're doing a lot of this extra stuff. But when they're in the specific, the competition week, the taper week, you said, this is the working person's peak is what I always call this is we pull the walking out, you know, not much walking, which drives you crazy when you're used to it. But we try and recover 
as good as we can between as well as we can between the races right before the races right um, and, and we do like ice baths would be great right especially if you're in a, like a runner so for you going into like you're running you might do like a wednesday like opener type workout probably strides and then you'd go maybe do an ice bath to make sure that like you don't need that adaptation that training load you just are like keeping the speed going right and and whatever and then, right right but, you, but then you would want to get rid of the soreness as fast as you can mm-hmm. and i really like the idea of talking about periodization of recovery because i think it kind of also leads to it's it's less scientific and more along the lines of habit change and just like dealing with habits is like you can sort of set your different habits to kind of go with your periodization for the year so for example like in that you know off-season transition period you can kind of have a periodized focus on whole food nutrition and, you know, doing more of that, like meal prep and cooking at home and all of those kinds of things. Because you have things. more time. Yeah. yeah. During your high intensity phase, you can really focus on, you know, this is your sleep focus because maybe you're doing slightly lower volume. So you can maybe go to bed a little bit earlier or get up a little bit later and really like hone in on getting good, high quality sleep. Um, so I think, yeah, even thinking about periodizing those healthy habits and how they fit yep. in with what phase you're in during the season is, it's just kind of a fun way to look at that. If you struggle with maintaining those habits throughout the year, which yeah, most of us do. Yeah, no. And I think that's a great way to think about, um, again, that study I think is a great one for athletes or coaches to read, but it, it does go through things like sports psychology and just thinking, you know, we're, we're sort of building our belief of our, our ability and our fitness and, you know, confidence in our skills in that general preparation. And then we're trying to like hone maybe our uh, arousal control, you know, our nerves and, and just sort of getting ready to race our warm up protocols sort of as we get into the specific period. Um, and then, you know, just sort of even focus and stuff like that. Right. And we're trying to so you can see how that can like build into the planning of the overall training plan um and again isn't necessarily requiring more hours per se right you can work on your warm-up anytime you know you're while you're training and one of those easy sessions right you could ramp yourself up you know and practice that race warm-up in a otherwise easy session yeah exactly awesome well anything else to add about polarization or periodization um I don't know. I'll put, like I say, a bunch of links. I think that's probably the best way for anyone who's really interested in more as far as this, the studies and um, all those 80-20 polarized type things. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. We'll t- we have a couple uh, other podcast episodes we've done yeah, that we'll I've sort of mentioned to um, 80-20 for triathlon. Did we do that one? Yep. Yeah. Yep, we've got Matt Fitzgerald, we've got Steven Seiler, Frank Overton, and yeah, a couple others that we talk about these. So definitely check the show notes for this episode. And if you have any other questions, whether it's about polarization, periodization, I was trying to think of another good P about training that I can't think of right now, but mm. any any questions about training, uh, especially this kind of base phase of the year, I know it's a little tough for everyone to get motivated. So we're, we're doing our best to keep everyone I'll excited I, about the training season. Pre- presentation? Would that be that sort of fits, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, I guess I could I could talk about presentation in terms of the Athlete's Guide to Sponsorship, my latest book, because there are a couple chapters 
round or dressing for success department presentation etc uh anyway uh hit us up with questions over at consummateathlete.com or find us on the interwebs at molly j herford and at peter glassford and thanks so much as always for tuning in and we will see you next week